Earlier this week, the Wheeler Centre hosted a gala night of storytelling event, and that was hosted on Friday the 12th of February. The event was titled The Book That Changed Me, and I thought that that was quite a, a moving title for an event, and I thought that this provided an excellent discussion with our hosts this afternoon to talk about what books changed them, or at least influenced them, maybe got them interested in, in what they're interested in today. Uh, so I'm going to open up the floor to our two hosts, to Ebony and Andrew. What's a book that's that's influenced you or a book that you really enjoy? Hmm. Would you like to go first? Or? Sure. So a book that I wouldn't say, hmm, something that, like a book that really provoked me a lot and that was really intriguing and really provided me with a lot of like th- thought and, and like amazing new ideas and stuff was a book called Men Explain hmm. Things to Me by Rebecca Solnit, mm. and it's a non-fiction book um, by this woman, um, Rebecca Solnit, who's an American woman, and she um, it's just a collection of essays that she has written on the topic of gender and inequality and, femi- and basically uh, a collection of eight feminist essays. It's very... It has a lot of heavy material, but also a lot of... It's also sprinkled with with comedy, um, which makes it a bit less dense. Heavy. <laughs> yeah, heavy to read um, because mm. some of the content is very difficult to process. Mm. But Rebecca's writing is so beautiful and and just light, really lightly sprinkled with comedy and it just gives mm. it that, that nice twist to this heavy content that she's been mm. writing about. So what, what's the context of the book? When was it written? Are we sort of talking the modern era? Or so, of? yeah, it was released, um, it was published in 2014. Okay. And, mm. um, but the, all, the essays are from all different times, uh, yeah. I believe from 2008 up until 2014. Mm. The first essay, Men Explain Things to Me, that's the title of the first essay in her book, is actually um, an essay that went viral on the internet back then. Um, and it was the the thing that uh, coined the phrase uh, mansplaining. Um, Yes. (laughs) It was um, unintentionally coined. But, yeah, so Rebecca Solnin is responsible for that term, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard of that term. Mm. Yes, yes, many times. (laughs) Andrew, we hope that you you don't commit the mansplaining in, in public transport when, you know, when men tend to, like, open their legs a bit too wide and thus... Yeah. You I, try not to do that? I try not to, but I don't think it matters. Even with my legs closed, I think I still take up too much room. So oh, <laughs> you don't take up too much room. No oh, one takes up too much room, you. unless they're trying to do it intentionally yes, or I do know very what you unaware mean, of themselves. Yeah. Oh, people, it's just, uh, I would say it's not just men. A lot of people these days, sort of self, people who have no awareness of people around them just you mm. know, take up space, put their, ch- their feet on other, other chairs. Mm. I may can see yeah. that men do it more, though. Anyway, yeah, so it's, carry yeah, on. It's yeah, an interesting no. topic because yeah. I actually read an essay recently about that about man spreading which is yeah. what it's called and how this woman um is really fighting against that and she just goes around and, like if there's a man who's like got his legs sp- spread quite far on a train she'll kind of just gently push his leg away well, taking the space, taking space. Taking the space. <laughs> and i have a friend who does that as well in public oh, transport should be like i'll put my bag here or put my legs here kind of as a statement of like reclaiming space oh. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think it matters if it's if it's not like there's no one else around? I mean, if it's someone just spreading out, if they say you're coming home late at night and there's no one else in the chair, oh, is that's, okay? That's, that, that's totally fine. Yeah, if, uh, I'd do it. Yeah. Take up the four seat on a V-line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just make your own little compartment. <laughs> go to the 
about days of the first and second class. And just, yeah, the um, so I guess that's a good metaphor for the whole book, really, isn't it? Sort of, mm. yeah, mm. terrific. Yeah. But, um, it's, yeah, it's one of those books where, like, I'm I'm someone who um, I, I actually struggle to read quite a lot. Um, so I don't read that many books. Mm. And I read this in, I think, like three days. It's quite yeah. a short book, but for me that was an accomplishment. Yeah. And I gave it to my partner and he was like, oh, my gosh, and, like, bought a copy, gave it to someone. It's one of those books where you just want to you wanna buy, th- like, 3,000 copies and hand it out on the street corner yeah. <laughs> just because it's so, it's so provoking. Like, it really makes you want to, like, start a movement and get up and do something. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely... 10 out of 10. Yes. Yeah. Suggest it. Go buy it. Has she done anything else recently? Has she got any more projects on the go as far as you know? Or? I'm not sure. This is the uh, first and only book I've read of hers and I haven't done much research about her actually. Yeah. And so, what is your oh. book that you have ch- that has changed your oh. life? Well, I mean, it's so much to choose from. Well, originally, I was going to say My Brother Jack, which is, um, I don't know if you know, it's a classic Australian novel about, by George Johnson, uh, set in Melbourne, about a sort of boy growing up in, in Melbourne, and kind of in the 1920s, just at the turn of it, and he kind of goes on to become a writer, and it's sort of very autobiography. And I was going to say that at first, but there's so many. And, and also Gert, have you read Gert either? Which is this absolutely hilarious book about history, about about Australian history. Well, it's just so funny. It takes the driest and the most dull topics, which is European, Australian history is often filled with, and turns it into the most incredibly hilarious stuff. That would that really enliven my love of history, I suppose. So that would have to be out there. But I think just for this moment, I, don't, I think if the most influential book in my life would have to be Jasper Jones. Oh, that's, you, that was an amazing book. Oh, have you read that as well? I have. And actually, the MTC this year yes. are doing a production of it, and I was very lucky to secure tickets. Oh, oh, fantastic. Artspin, by any chance? Or? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, like, yes, I can cover that for yeah, Artspin. Just that off here. Um, yes, and also a film, I believe, as well, they've turned it into. Really? Yes. Uh, oh, well, there you go, listeners. You can read the book, you can <laughs> see the play, you can see the film. Yeah, Stalk in... Craig Sylvie. It's, yeah, I, no, I have. The um yeah it's it's really and it's I mean that shows how how successful and popular it is because of how much it's been transformed it's just just the um, I'm sure you've read it as well it's just the um don't know exactly what it is about about Jasper Jones I think it just captures the essence of Australia and so well not just Australia but that kind of it's not it's a it's it's a dark book it's it's not a dark book but it looks at dark topics in a way that is so unique it doesn't dwell on them it doesn't labour them it doesn't try and evoke sympathy or feel sorry for itself it's just there to tell, and it shows just enough hope as it does tragic, but yet there is it's still about a, a girl getting murdered, and it's still about a divorce, and it's still about a Vietnamese family who are kind of persecuted, and it is still, and yet there is still, like I said, very real signs of positivity in the book. It's not just a complete, um, well, you know, not just a, you know, one tragedy after another. I think that's what most strikes me about it, and it just engages you, it just lets you in. That book, he's a masterful writer, and he's not that old either, he's only 28, I think. This year? He's 28. Yes, I know, it's oh scary. Oh, goodness. They've uh, got 10 years to, to catch up with what we've got to, he's got to do. But it's so, you know, he's, he's just... Um, have you read it, Ebony? Oh, I you? haven't. No. There you go. We're going to start an art smitten book <laughs> list, <laughs> so, that being yeah, on the top. Definitely, yes. Well, you should actually quite seriously do that. And, and of course, if you've got a, in your um, most influential book that's changed your life, uh, tweet oh. us in at, at artsmitten, is it? Yes, tweet. Yeah. That's art underscore smitten. Please mm. tweet us what book has influenced or changed your mm. life. We'd love to hear from you. I will quickly mention one, a book. I, I've been incredibly fortunate oh, that I have parents who are very avid readers, and I, I, I feel quite ashamed that I don't read quite as much uh, as my parents do. But a book that has stayed with me 
since childhood. I read and was read to the books by Roald Dahl, but the one oh, that yeah. stayed with me the most was The Witches. Really? There was, I, I don't know why oh. that... I, I mean, I loved, I loved Matilda. I loved... That's just Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, but there was I think there was a scare factor yeah. about the witches and the idea that, you know, women were witches and that they would turn young children into mice. That that was a legitimate fear for me when I was growing up <laughs> and I would look at the shape of women's nostrils and were they slightly curved? Did they have the blue tinge <laughs> on their teeth? And then excuse me, as I was going through high school, my school had public reading competitions and each year I would always pick the Grand High Witches speech from from this book mm. so there is there's this high drama element to it as well but there's also again there's this sense of adventure when they're trying to take down the grand high witch but again there's just such a beautiful poetic imaginative style to Roald Dahl's writing that you know has transcended generations and it's still such mm. a, a loved classic today yeah. and even reading as an adult you still find that same kind of magic you still oh, the same kind of I have to admit I haven't picked up the witches in quite a while. I've been. I've moved on to uh, a Japanese author called Haruki Murakami. Oh, everybody's <laughs> so, just giving me the thumbs up at the moment. He's, he's, a, he's a wonderful yeah. author. I have just started his book, Wind and Pinball Machine. Again, as I said, I've only just started, so maybe I've got the title wrong. You are listening to Arts Mitten on Sin Nation with Ebony, Andrew, and Lauren. <laughs> 